King Cole, more like Pat King Cole. Oh, have I fucked it up? <laughs> I messed it up. Oh, I have to say Pat Kick Cole. Oh, I'm bloody brilliant. Also, in my preview, I'm currently sipping tea. Hopefully, I've not mucked that up. <laughs> it doesn't a delay. Hello and welcome to the LOP Radio NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Uh, links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news and also for all your stuff about this podcast and all the podcasts here on Laws of Pain, including the shows exclusive here on YouTube and the podcast exclusively just podcasts. Uh, anyway. I had no idea until this past hour or so that the reception online to Pat McAfee and Adam Cole wasn't universally kind of beloved. I just assumed that it... I Personally, I really enjoyed it. I uh, enjoyed the hell out of the ending. It felt a lot more main roster type of booking with, uh, with them constantly cussing to Adam Cole or Pat McAfee and Pat McAfee being a dick on commentator and Adam Cole going uh, increasingly over the matches, looking back over his shoulder and becoming increasingly, increasingly more angry, uh, using the fact that it because it's the PC and the current environment that Adam Cole can hear every single word Pat McAfee saying, and then over time that builds and builds. But then it all explodes afterwards, Adam Cole throws water in his face, and we get a kind of outburst of sorts, I guess, and Pat McAfee looks to be leaving. Uh, people have come out. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, they've come out. They've separated everybody. Pat McAfee's leaving. Then he turns around and goes after Cole. Uh, or has one more kind of jab at Cole, who then launches over the commentary desk. He's held back on the commentary desk. And in that moment, Pat McAfee's been pushed back a bit. Adam Cole's being held on the commentary desk. Then Pat McAfee launches at Cole and punts him. And he's knocked out cold. And that's how the show goes off the end with uh, with the chaos kind of happening. Triple H kind of making sure that Pat McAfee gets escorted out of the building. And McAfee just shouting insults at everybody. And then Adam Cole's out, out cold as Shawn Michaels is over him. And just, just Triple H is like, we are calling medics, right? <laughs> and that's how we go off air with him out cold. And personally, I thought it was done really well. And I'm genuinely looking forward to the match. Uh, I'm somebody who truly believes... I say truly, like, it's a strong feeling. I feel like Adam Cole's done what he can in NXT. Like, I'm ready for him to go to the main roster, so doing something that feels completely different. Like, we've seen a million times the Adam Cole Classic Takeover match. This, for me, is different. Yes, it's a lot more main roster thing, like, got former footballer, now radio host, going into a match. But, yes. <laughs> but, of course, it's the... Because I was, what, I was listening to... Who was I listening to earlier? I've listened to... I like to get through podcasts to kind of form my opinion a bit. And in one of them, it might have been Vessel Talk, it might have been... Uh, who else was there? <laughs> I listened to a few. But um, it was, uh, a similar sentiment was kind of across all of them uh, of kind of negativity, to which I was a little bit shocked by. It was like, really? I personally enjoyed it, and until listening to these podcasts, I had no idea that there was a negative reception. And... I guess, interestingly, going through... Like, on Twitter, it felt a lot more, I guess, more negative type of feelings. But weirdly, on YouTube comments on the different various videos I've seen, they're mostly positive. Like, they generally enjoyed this. 
and like the English who people who kind of know Pat McAfee for his recent work like in WWE with his interesting suits <laughs> on his radio host type of thing maybe seemingly unaware that he I've got what the term is we want to say punt kicker <laughs> he would punt in the NFL whatever position that is I'm not American NFL doesn't really outside of Super Bowl NFL doesn't really exist <laughs> outside of America but yeah, so I know what Pat McAfee was in terms of sporting accolades. So him punting him, for me, totally within character. Yeah, um, I've heard a few, pe- a few people from kind of my UK shores just like, why is his radio host <laughs> getting aesthetically involved? <laughs> uh, personally, I'm fine with it. Pat McAfee did a really good job at coming across as the dick. And my conspiracy theory of Undisputed Era possibly being shown in a more kind of face light. Like last year, I titled... Last week, I titled the video... Undisputed Era turning face, and now I feel like I'm that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I feel like that was the right call for me to go with that. Like, I'm not going crazy on here. Pat McAfee came across as a dick, and Adam Cole kind of just finally had enough of Pat McAfee's insults and went after the current now radio host. Uh, of course, the big kind of thing is it's uh, on NXT, we've never had the non-talent getting involved in the match. He's seen it so many times on the main roster that he wouldn't kind of bat an eyelid to, to it happening. But in NXT, at NXT TakeOver 30 nonetheless, which is seen as quite a celebratory moment, to have a kind of non-wrestler on the card wrestling Adam Cole, that is a... Uh, I can see why some people might be a bit down on it if you're looking at it in that light. I'm not. I just, I'm just happy to be ent- entertained. But I'm enjoying my Wednesday night wrestling with AEW and NXT... I'm not really criticising stuff too much, especially because it's a pandemic. Like, I feel like if I'm entertained by it, then that's enough for me. If it makes sense to the world, if I'm entertained by it, if the characters don't feel random, if it all builds a nice story, then I'm going to be fine with it. <laughs> and that's what I was with this. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And to see the negativity online did surprise me a little bit, because I'd gone through most of my day. Because Surprise, surprise, I don't just watch wrestling <laughs> inside all day. But, like... When I kind of came back to the internet world, I was just surprised to see the amount of negativity that I did because I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, am I the only one? Hit me up on Twitter at the Damipacat. Like, I, <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed this and I'm looking forward to it at TakeOver. It's not going to be the main event. It's like mid-card showcasing match. I'm fine with that. We've seen Adam Cole in the main event. And again, uh, I guess the only, I guess, retort to others, I guess... So I think we, the, as Adam Cole might be going soon. Yeah, the kind of to think of the devil's advocate on the other side. If if Adam Cole is leaving soon, do you want his last takeover match to be against Pat McAfee? Well, one, that's assuming this is the last one. <laughs> but two, the every single person he would probably put over is gonna be in that North American Championship ladder match. So who does he put over? As in, like, the people who aren't in it, you're looking at Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, lightly. Like, I'm, I'm personally, next week I'm for Ridge Holland qualifying. He impressed me enough, and I like the feel of the North American Championship ladder match. I don't have to say the name in full every time. <laughs> uh, I like the feeling that that match has where it's new talent. Like, it's, it's unproven talent, go for it. And I genuinely, I really like that kind of feel to it. It feels similar to the first ladder match in that vein. And this one, being able to replicate that in this time... I feel like that's a massive achievement. Personally, I would have all the proven entities not qualify. Uh, which then gets a question, who does Adam Cole face? <laughs> if he's having an 
takeover match. And then we get Pat McAfee. But again, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. It did what it needed to. It got me interested in the story in the arc. It built on last week where we had the video release of Adam Cole going crazy at Pat McAfee. Then we had the stuff on NXT itself. The makeover or the do-over. Uh, this week they had the photos of them shaking hands. And then he just built and built throughout the match that, yeah, that was all surface. They hadn't settled anything. And that built and built. And Pat was unprofessional the entire time. Which, uh, again, undisputed era as faces. <laughs> it's like, oh, I feel vindicated in that. So actually, I might as well start with the main event, I guess, the main event segment with this, where Pat McAfee was on commentary earlier in the show to try and make it not feel like uh, he was just there for the segment. It's like, no, he, he, was there. he happened to be there. He was already on commentary. Didn't work. <laughs> he, as soon as he comes out, it's like, oh, he's here for an Adam Cole bit. Right, okay, cool. <laughs> Didn't kind of distill those waters at all. Uh, but the main event was for the NXT Tag Team Championships as Imperium, Eichner and Bartel defended against Undisputed Era's Kyle, Ryle and Bobby Fish. I swear I know how to say those names correctly. <laughs> not as there's a moth flying right over the camera. And I'm doing my best not to flinch. <laughs> um... So before the match, Pat fills us in, as it hits my face, Pat fills us in that he and Adam Cole have set aside their differences with him now excited to enjoy the greatness of an Undisputed Era match. That moth is right on the screen. <laughs> Go away. Uh, spending a lot of time focusing on how much Pat values the Undisputed Era. He's putting over everybody, just signalling out Adam Cole and then seemingly doing that more and more and more throughout the match. You know, saying how great Fisher, O'Reilly and Strong are. How fantastic... Fantastic talents they are. Like aside from Adam Cole, the entire group is amazing. They can reach the pinnacles of this industry. But whenever he mentioned Adam Cole, he would just bring it back down. And that, of course, became more and more the focus of his words as the match went on. But in terms of the match itself, again, it's not often you get heel versus heel, especially in a main event. But this this whole feeling of this it fed into my turning face conspiracy from last week, as I was saying. Uh, and in terms of Determining it a little bit, the faux crowd were openly cheering for the Undisputed Era, lads. Just So just to add a little bit, how what kind of story are they telling? Well, the button pressed for the faux crowd was, please cheer. So that my conspiracy <laughs> grows a little bit more. Uh, and Beth Phoenix eventually left commentary uh, throughout, becoming increasingly uncomfortable with McAfee's conduct. Uh, when we returned from a break, uh, Adam Cole was eyeing him, just looking over his shoulder. Uh, again, the pictures of that generally look quite great <laughs> on www.com. Uh, the troubles, very much not put to bed. Uh, Pat was continuing to be a dick on commentary as the action in the ring swung back and forth. Uh, reaching The reaction in the ring reached an awesome crescendo with uh, Bartel locked in a knee bar, completely unable to get out. When Eichner flies in with the impressive, as ever, springboard moonsault. For the, a man of his size to springboard like that is still impressive as hell. Uh, with all the lads down, we go right back to Colin McAfee's beef. Because that was one of the things that felt very main roster to me. Was there's action going on in the ring. They would now and then call it and go, and go, oh, isn't this amazing? Aren't they fantastic competitors? But within seconds, they're right back to the beef between McAfee and Cole, or Cole, or McAfee's conduct, or how much McAfee doesn't like Cole. It was a, a, the, it was an NXT Tag Team Championship main event, but that's felt second compared to the other story they were building. Uh, which is, again, that's a main roster thing. 
where they try and make it feel like a thing that grows naturally, like a coincidence that they're both there and then the animosity builds. But they push it so much on commentary that the natural feeling just dies. <laughs> That's what this segment did. If I'm thinking of a negative, because again, I generally enjoyed it. I liked the chaos during the Tag Team Championship match and the chaos afterwards as well. The way that it built up McAfee as somebody who might, you know, as a heel, get a big bodyguard who can protect him because he's not really a wrestler. He's in over his head. But he, in the NFL, he learned how to kick somebody really hard. <laughs> so if you can get in that kick, he has got a move that could knock you out. And Adam Cole sold that here. Okay, again, generally like the ending. <laughs> Jenny fan of it. But there was that main roster thing during the tag team match that the wrestling main event you are seeing is playing second fiddle to the drama. So maybe there's a little bit of the influence <laughs> coming into NXT a bit. Um, but as the guests, they, as everybody kerfuffles, when Adam Cole finally had enough being able to hear everything, uh, he calls out McAfee for being a dick and eventually throws a bottle of water all over him. Uh, out ran the NXT staff, Triple H and HBK included. Uh, as they all kerfuffle, the action in the ring is still going. <laughs> uh, with Fish and O'Reilly distracted, Imperium took full advantage. They knock Kyle to the outside and nail Bobby with the European uppercut powerbomb. And the NXT tag champs retain. As they walk up the ramp, we interject cuts of Cole and Pat shouting and pointing fingers at each other. Uh, Pat is seemingly escorted out, then turned back to straight up return to provoke the man. Uh, Cole launches over commentary desk, but is held back. Uh, Pat, I don't know why I did that for held back. Uh, Pat using the opportunity to punk Cole right in the head. Uh, Triple H goes ballistic and makes sure McAfee's booted out and we go off air with Cole out cold as HBK checks on him asking where the flip is this doctor? We have got one, right? <laughs> That's how I went off air. And I was generally surprised to see negativity because I just enjoyed the segment. It flowed well, it built well, you felt that animosity and then when it got to a certain point it all kind of boiled over. I don't have any issues with the fact that McAfee's not a full-time wrestler. I'm not the kind of person that thinks you have to put wrestling in a bubble. At the for, for me, at the end of the day, I've always seen wrestling as a variety show. So for me, having different feeling matches is exactly what I want. And I personally, I was critical of Adam Cole's I guess, most recent takeover matches against the likes of Johnny Gargano. I just wasn't feeling them. Obviously, the Great American Bash... Not one of those matches. His <laughs> most recent is not. But I guess before lockdown, I'd become kind of critical. I wasn't really feeling his defences. They weren't for me. They weren't ticking the boxes uh, that, that I personally like. Uh, they, like For me, if it's so finisher heavy that you start to read the kickouts after the finishes, you don't buy them. Yeah. I guess like a perfect middle ground is his defence against Pete Dunne. If I'm right, they... I really enjoyed his match with Keith Lee, but there was a string from, I guess, Pete Dunne to Keith Lee, that, that time period, from like November to June, July, where I didn't enjoy his takeover matches. I think there was only two takeovers <laughs> in that gap. Well, I didn't really enjoy either of them. And it's nice to... Yeah, it's, it's nice to see something different from him. And that's what this is. This is different. And it's a very, I guess, very clever way to prove that he could land on the main roster with a feud like this that isn't your straight-up indie-rific takeover match. That said, I understand that for a lot of people, NXT is like a super indie. For, you go to NXT for those incredible, uh, I guess, storylines and matches or culminate at a takeover. If you're on a takeover card, that is because you have earned it and that your match is likely to be very, very good. 
They don't always land or deliver, but you have those feelings going in that the cards are very strong. So I can also understand why somebody would look at Pat McAfee and think, hmm. But again, my flip side of it is all the talent I would want to see face Cole will be in a ladder match or already in the main event or something else entirely. So I don't really mind. I'm a bit scared. <laughs> what to say? The moth is flying like, right at me. I'm a bit scared. I'm just going to be having my mouth wide open and swallow it. <laughs> it's just, that's the thought in my head. <laughs> so I'm just going to take a quick sip of tea. Mm. So it was, it was an all right day. Then at about four or five o'clock it rained and it has been humid as hell ever since. It has not stopped. Uh, also, I just want to make a quick note that if those of you who have watched me for a few times know that uh, in terms of like the lockdown world at the moment, I'm doing my best technology-wise with what I've got. Uh, this, you're what, if you're watching me on YouTube, you're watching me via a pretty low-quality webcam <laughs> on my laptop. It's not a... It's a webcam inbuilt to my laptop, so I've that's why I shrunk my screen to like a different size and stuff all around it. Just because if you do not want me full screen, <laughs> the quality is not good. So I've had to try and think of a way. But we'll just also note, because of Lockdown World, I'm currently in a kitchen. And just to the right of me is a brand new refrigerator <laughs> that uh, hums. I don't know why I giggled there so much, but yeah, it's a brand new refrigerator right next to me and it does hum. So I do apologise for the sound. That took me ages to get to that bit. I went on a massive tangent. Point being, if you low, hear a low hum, it's because there's a brand new refrigerator that's just, you know, getting used to life. It's just, it's his first day. He's just learning. He's learning. He's growing up. Soon he'll be a big boy. Although it's like six foot. <laughs> it's massive. I've never seen a fridge so big in my life. Anyway, I'm now going to, after that massive tangent, I'm now going to go through the card for NXT for this week, which was August the 5th. That's it. I normally just look at the time on my laptop, but because I'm in the UK, I'm already on Friday. <laughs> so that didn't help me at all. So anyway, the... First match of the night, kicking off in style, was the number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship, uh, Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai. A fantastic opener to NXT this week, which really should have come as no surprise given the talent in the ring. The impressive Rhea Ripley, showing just how damn great she is, uh, against the opportunistic D Dakota Kai, snatching every moment she could. Uh, really, with the Kiwi's biggest string of control being during the ad break, unfortunately. Uh, the only period she managed to ground Ripley for an amount of time. Uh, the match entered a damn entertaining back and forth in the latter half, uh, both women knocking the other down, but neither able to string a fence together before they got countered, which is like my favourite <laughs> kind of flow to a match, where you've got that, uh, somebody will hit a big move, and then might follow, up, follow it up with something that doesn't work, they go, for a, to go to attempt a new move, that gets countered. Rinse and repeat and increase the pace of it. <laughs> and that's just my favourite kind of end flow to a match. Uh, Ripley did just that with the counters. After taking the running boot in the corner, uh, I mean that in the negative way, uh, after taking the running boot, as in Ripley did, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was saying Ripley did the thing where she tries to get back to one too many moves and gets done for it. So Ripley uh, takes the running boot in the corner and was sent onto the apron through the ropes. Uh, Rhea stopped Kai from capitalising and pushed her away. And when she was about to do her own thing, Mercedes Martinez ran across the apron and delivered a boot to the stomach. As soon as this match was made official, I was like, well, either Dakota Kai's winning, which doesn't feel right, or something will happen because they're not going to have Kai beat Rhea uh, Ripley clean. Uh, wasn't expecting Mercedes Martinez, I'll be honest. That's a, that was a nice surprise. 
And she kicked her right in the stomach uh, and then just disappeared to the left. And see her, Kai pulled Ripley across the top rope and dropped her down hard with the GTK go to kick. Uh, and the go to Kai is going to take over 30. Uh, that was the match more set up. She had more interaction with Io Shirai, made more sense. But they're doing that thing where in NXT, you earn your shots. You aren't just given stuff. So, it, yeah, the, this match was kind of for that. And then it sends Ray Ripley into the thing as well, where nobody just gets a championship match. Uh, we're seeing Karrion Cross trying to come up with ways himself. Uh, anyway, a uh, bloody nose Ripley uh, then got beaten down by Martinez back in the ring, uh, rubbing salt in the wound. Uh, looks like we might have a, our second women's match set for a building in the works for TakeOver in Martinez versus Ray Ripley, which, again, I'm down for. Highly rate Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, highly rate Ray Ripley. It's <laughs> nice seeing her return as well. Um, yeah, NXT women's division, like, it's so stacked. <laughs> I think when I was talking about Mercedes Martinez's in-ring debut a few weeks ago, it's the fact that that division is so stacked and then they add a veteran like Mercedes Martinez... It's like, my God, <laughs> this division. And currently, like the main event, the main roster, sorry, is getting so many plaudits with Sasha Banks, Bailey, Asuka, and not Kosen anymore, but those, uh, that group just absolutely nailing it with their in-ring stuff, like building so much kind of popularity and momentum for them that they're main eventing Raw so much because they generally deserve to. Not a fan of the consistent kind of booking of the end of the matches which has been an issue but the things themselves and I'm always excited to watch them so they're doing a fantastic job on the main roster and the future looks great as well <laughs> like NXT is stacked uh, VTR of Pat McAfee uh, talking to Shawn Michaels backstage uh, this is our first inkling of get ready Pat's in the building oh, that was cheesy <laughs> guess I got a for the podcast listeners I just cheesily kind of winked and did a flick point at the screen when I said that so, apologies. Hmm. Another cup of tea. As I said, humid as hell. I'm sweating so much. And I've got lights, like, just to make sure I'm not lit really badly. I've done my best. <laughs> anyway, match number two of the night. Straight in with Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne. Uh, thick boy squishes a fellow Aussie. Uh, kicking off NXT with a real Oceana showcase. In the, in the first match... Australian Ray Ripley versus uh, Kiwi and from New Zealand, Dakota Kai. Second match, Bronson Reed, Australia. Shane Thorne, Australia. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's uh, nice to see not just pure US talent, but Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> All over this first hour of NXT. Uh, Thorne using his athleticism to fly with kicks and strikes and the big mat. Uh, kicks and strikes and the big mat. My, my notes don't make any sense. But you simply cannot underestimate the athleticism of Bronson Reed. Uh, this time, I think Boy really utilising his strength to power Thorne down before flying from the top rope with that splash. He clobbered the poor lad inside out with a lariat before dropping him down with an awesome Death Valley driver, perfectly placing his Aussie amigo through the tsunami from the top. I swear I can pronounce words, but today it's just not happening. Also, uh, a cool moment which some reason I must have missed because I was writing notes, but I saw images later where Bronson Reed put his fist out uh, to kind of respect Shane Thorne. And then I saw the man himself, Bronson Reed, tweet that picture out later with him just saying, like, always mighty or always, always not kneeling or something like that. I feel like I should write down when I think I might reference a tweet. <laughs> just, no, no, no. Uh, just 
So if it pops into my head, there we go. Uh, see how much I remember about it. <laughs> That's how professional podcasters do it. Uh, earlier today, uh, Febreze uh, walking in. They get jumped by Elegado del Fantasma, uh, chucking Fandango into their car and driving off. Some people call that kidnapping. Uh, that parking lot really needs a security camera. It's been how many years, NXT? As a, as a former Hideo Itami uh, once said, that parking lot is dangerous. It bloody well is. <laughs> Uh, hype video then followed for tonight's North American Championship Triple Threat, which was the next match up, but we still had more videos to get through. Uh, parking lot interview, uh, this time at night, uh, Robert Stone, Mercedes Martinez and Aaliyah. Stone says that they are maybe done with the Robert Stone brand, but the Robert Stone brand is not done with her. Then, uh, the bit I found hilarious, Aaliyah says, I'll take you from here. Bye! <laughs> and then just goes. I thought that was great. I love that. Her timing was better than mine, but still, uh, yeah, fantastic moment. I thought it was great. <laughs> uh, match number three of the night. As I'm hurtling through this at rocket speed, hopefully I'm not reading it too quickly, uh, but in the humidity, my brain's not working right. <laughs> so match number three of the night, the third North American Championship qualifier triple threat for the ladder match at TakeOver 30. Uh, Damian Priest versus Oli Lorcan versus Ridge Holland. I love this match. A surprisingly fast-paced, uh, well, a surprisingly fast-paced off the bat for this one, uh, felt all the more after last week's slow as hell main event, which I just didn't dig at all. Uh, this one off the bat, incredibly fast and didn't let down. Uh, Priest winning out the initial strike exchange, uh, but the match is so quick that soon after he found himself outside on the receiving end of an only Lorcan dive. And that, again, just back and forth constantly. Uh, Ridge Holland with a beautiful arm overhead suplex to Lorcan. Then another great just arm hooked suplex to Martinez. Just impressive stuff from the big strong ruggers, man. Uh, I complained last week about the format with two in the ring and one out. But this week's flow was so much better. Like night and day. The pace difference when you constantly incorporate the dynamic of all three guys in there at once. It's so much better. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a WWE formula. They see like a little bit too much. One, two guys in the ring. One of them will be downed. In slice the third. Rinse and repeat. That's kind of what they did last week. And the pace was really slow. This week, off the bat. <laughs> it's just so quick. And there was uh, whenever you, there was two people fighting in the ring, you could see the other one. And he, that other one would cut in and interject. Like plenty of sudden momentum shifts as the third man cuts in. Uh, jumping in at an incredible rate towards the end, just, yeah, <laughs> the downtime of people be of that third man being down was seemingly lesser and lesser until the moves get bigger than it is obviously more. Uh, Holland powerfully downing Lorcan, uh, only for Priest to cut in and slam him down with a sit-down chokeslam himself, uh, then took full advantage with, well, this week I finally learned it's not called the crossroads everywhere, with the reckoning, as it's called, uh, and then scores the pin on only Lorcan. Damien Priest advances to take over 30. And I totally dig this one. Damien Priest, I really enjoy that he's not technically a heel, but his incredible, like, I guess, self, self-confidence, his absolutely insane confidence makes him feel a bit heelish, but he is a face. And that's a very rare thing in WWE for them to actually do well. Again, it is NXT. <laughs> so wait and see how long this lasts. But I really do like that. I really, uh, it feels like he's finally found his character. Because he was just like before, like, I'm a ladies man and a cool guy. But 
they were kind of just words, but now I'm feeling it. And the way the way they got that over for me is really how he talks about himself in terms of his confidence for the for winning the North American Championship. Like just the incredible level of confidence he's got really adds so much character to him, and it kind of like for me the overconfidence is like the piece that's been missing. Just stating his confidence so strongly, so affirmatively that uh, that was the final piece. And suddenly for me, Damien Priest makes all the sense in the world. He's ready for those kind of like, oh, let's push him a bit higher. Let's give him the North American Championship. But ironically, it's wrestling. (laughs) So he's being pushed as somebody so confident he's going to win. There is no way in hell he's winning. And for me, that sucks. (laughs) Because just watching him in NXT in this current role, I feel like he's finally honed in the character perfectly. Uh, But the way he's being pushed is, ah... But when you're writing a story, that man is not the one that wins. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so just When I turned my brain on and then suddenly realised, like, oh, that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, something that didn't suck. Uh, the fourth match of the night, Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes. Also loved this. Uh, when we came back from commercial, we were immediately into the action uh, with the champion chopping the chump into pieces uh, before launching him about the place, uh, quickly going for the glory bomb. Like, no messing about. Like, he does not want to waste time with Cameron Grimes. He wants to just get straight back to focusing on Karrion Cross. But Grimes isn't incompetent. Like, he was saying that he should be focusing on me last week and Lee kind of paid no attention till he had to. Uh, and it's a very similar thing here tonight. Like, Lee was perhaps a tad too determined uh, to end the Southern Man as quickly as possible. Like, to beat his ass so he can move on. Uh, to end, like, the irritating distraction. But Lee... Constantly going for his biggest moves in the early going. Kind of let Grimes in. Like, Grimes was nowhere near worn down enough. Like, he somewhat backed up his words. Uh, like, for example, like he made Keith Lee pay attention. When Keith Lee was seemingly only focused on the one thing, he at least made, Ke- made Keith Lee focus. Like, I like that story here. Like Cameron Grimes is showing that Keith Lee is making a mistake in not taking him seriously. Uh, eventually forcing Lee to do just that and focus on him more. And making the champ work to get that finish, to get that glory bomb. Uh, which he did. <laughs> so, again, because Keith Lee is not a heel. And for the babyface, he can do the badass thing where he's seemingly showing no nonsense. Uh, but it built up Cameron Grimes where you can't beat Grimes if your attention is not on him. But Keith Lee, as the kind of heroic face, he does realise that. To, and then actually put his focus on Grimes for the short time. And when he does that, he easily beats him. He's champion for a reason. And Keith Lee picks up the win, which leads us into the post-match angle where the lights went out and a female voice speaks in a foreign tongue. Ah, foreign! Um, I didn't catch what language it was, uh, but it was it's a relatively cool effect. Uh, Karrion Cross appears on the Titantron and he says, until he gets Keith Lee, uh, gets the championship match, all of this is on him. Uh, as the bold lad chokes out Danny Birch, uh, we then pan to see bodies laying all over the place. I caught only Lorcan. There's like smashed tables and things as well. I think the other a bit too far away and with the grainy black and white effect on, was never really going to get it. But, uh, quick I want to say, it was Regal that said no, Cross. Like, why can't super baddies be super reasonable? <laughs> it wasn't Keith that's saying no. He said yes, damn it. <laughs> Take it up with the authority. Take it up with the boss <laughs> in his office. Oh. 
Keith Lee's already said yes. <laughs> I guess that's like a weird story thing for me, I guess, to just bring up this there. That Keith Lee already said that yes, though, so... Uh, did he not say, I want the match enough to William Regal? Oh. <laughs> Take it up with Regal, Carrion. Anyway, uh, after this, we've got a load of TakeOver 30 hype, uh, so... First off, uh, Metallica are the official theme, so you know Triple H has got his hands on it. Uh, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai is official. Uh, Dexter Loomis has, success, uh, I guess, biggest for me. After uh, well, James Boyd on the show last week, where both of us were pretty uh, on Dexter Loomis winning, where a ladder match as well, it doesn't feel like he's the strongest competitor for that. But Dexter Loomis has sustained an ankle injury. Uh, this was announced by William Regal to camera in his office. So Dexter Loomis is out of the ladder match. The three men who were not defeated in their respective matches will face each other to determine his replacement. And those three men are Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor and Ridge Holland. Yeah, that's a strong matchup. And as I was saying earlier, like, I, would, I would totally be in for those two making Ridge Holland look like a million bucks and put him over. Like, I personally really like the idea of the ladder match being filled with future guys over proven entities. I, I don't... Finn, I really rate Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. I, I think they are fantastic wrestlers. However, I really like the idea of the ladder match not featuring any proved entities, as I was saying. Uh, and that was the like the first one, way back when, when Adam Cole won. That had the same feel. Like These were all guys that are on the roster but haven't had their breakout moment yet. Uh, and this was kind of Adam Cole's breakout moment at that point. To think that was his first singles title. <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah, it feels like it was so long ago, but NXT moved so quickly that it's only been like a couple of years. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, oh, actually, no, not moving on. Just want to just the ladder match for one last time. Um, personally, I'd stick with the feeling they were going for it. But put it in. Put guys in there who have not proven themselves uh, yet in like a main event. Place people like Bronson Reed. Uh, people on the cusp like Punishment Martinez. Because again. The first one had that same feel, where you had guys who just needed to be crowned, like Adam Cole and Ricochet. Or was it Ricochet's debut? Oh, I can't remember. It was a really enjoyable match. <laughs> I need to go re-watch that one before we get to this one, and not do it the same week so that I'm not comparing them too directly. Uh, anyway, match number five were... Well, not match number five. Segment number five was Le Ghetto del Fantasma, uh, with the three men entering through the back, uh, dragging Fandango in with them. Escobar restate their intentions. Every week they're out here showing the greatness of Lucha Libre. Every week people like Tyler Breeze and Fandango exist though. Uh, they're spitting in the face of his culture. The disrespect must stop now. Uh, but before he goes uh, to do anything, Breeze jumps in. Uh, the poor lad then just gets destroyed <laughs> and eventually turned inside out by an awesome double team from Phoenix and Mendoza with the latter running in with a high kick after Phoenix held him there. It looked great. It's a small tag team move, wouldn't be my finisher, but still looked fantastic. Uh, the building up is a nice tag team, I would just say as well, just quietly in the background, the building a really strong tag team <laughs> in uh, Mendoza and I need to call it Phoenix. He's DJZ. He's Ema Ion. I, can, I cannot remember his NXT name. Uh, I will eventually, like... I will say, like, I can remember Damien Priest now, if given enough time. <laughs> like, on this show, it's um, it's in the notes, so I don't even have to think about it when I'm doing this. 
But like when I'm writing the notes, like, oh, what is Punishment Martinez's name? And I just have to sit there. <laughs> just like, because I just automatically want to write, and then Martinez did a high kick. Like, oh, that's, no, no. <laughs> it takes me ages. Uh, I will remember DJZ is Joaquin Phoenix. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually it'll just happen. Um, anyway, the Undisputed Era got their NXT career highlights put forward. Now, uh, hyping tonight's NXT Tag Team Championship main event. Uh, both talking about how great kind of Adam Colesman has been, ready for Pat McAfee stuff, and also the NXT tag team uh, success of the Undisputed Era as well. And uh, that match was soon to come, but first we got a parking lot interview. Uh, Damien Priest is confident as hell after his victory. Uh, Bronson Reed in the background congratulates him, congratulate, congratulates him with a tad of sass. Uh, Priest states his confidence again, and he says to him, Say he's, oh, he says to Reed that to him, Thick Boy isn't that big. Uh, the challenge is laid down for them to face each other next week, uh, both down to show up the other. If we get our babyface versus babyface thing, but again, with Priest's overconfidence, he'll like he's more naturally the heel. But again, I really like the fact that the way they've got Priest at the moment, he could be the heel or face just depending on who he wrestles. And um, you can call that a tweener in a way, but I feel like the type, kind of character he is, that's. The perfect role. I don't know if Tweener describes it correctly. <laughs> anyway, even though technically it's what he is, he's just incredibly confident. So he comes across as a dick to everybody. So I guess he's technically further on across the heel. Anyway, uh, Reed looking to prove himself and Priest overflowing with confidence. A really nice dynamic for a singles match building up to a eventual ladder match. Uh, Pat McAfee is in the commentary booth. <laughs> I said I wouldn't do it, but I did the finger point again. Uh, our the last match I'm talking about tonight, and uh, conveniently afterwards it starts to build to next week, so I can use that. But uh, yeah, the final match, more Aussie showcase, uh, Tegan Knox versus Indy Hartwell. Uh, Indy starts off by bragging that she's beaten Shotzi Blackheart. Knox starts off by headbutting her. <laughs> A nice little thing here building for Hartwell. Like a jobber who actually has the chance to score shock win. That she's already at, at the kind of being put forward to us as a pure kind of promising rookie. She's already got that capability to maybe score pinfall. And the way they did that was give her a pinfall. Yes, with lots of interference and things, but suddenly this jobber's got a pinfall. <laughs> she's not a nobody who doesn't win anything because she won. And it suddenly gives a different dynamic to her job and matches going forward. Uh, she looked great again tonight, uh, coming close but no cigar. Uh, in the end, Knox has her down and nails the shiniest wizard for the win, Tegan Knox, building a bit of momentum after losing to Io Shirai. And I don't know where Tegan Knox is going to be for the TakeOver 13. My assumption is not really involved, because again, I'm not, I'm not expecting Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai to be expanded to a triple threat. I'm not, I'm not expecting her to be in the second match. They did tease Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae. But maybe because it's TakeOver 30, do they make it one extra match? Uh, personally, I would like TakeOver 30 to... Because I, I like the sixth match. But like five matches were like best for me for TakeOver. They were the best flowing TakeOver shows. But six still flows well enough. It's mostly because like the quality of matches. That you don't really feel it. and It's, like, it's very New Japan in one after the other. Uh, AW plays to a similar thing. Like All three of those are pretty quickly... One after the other, you move from one great match to the next one. <laughs> so the flow of card, flow of the card is like it just yeah it builds so well. So not really many complaints, but 
if I'm thinking, where will Tegan Knox be? Well, they were teasing Tegan Knox, Candice LeVay. Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> that, not on the, I would build to it on NXT. Can maybe have a showcase match on NXT itself, but TakeOver, uh, it's big enough as it is. We've got Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. You've got Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. North American Championship ladder match. The Mercedes Martinez versus... I can't speak. Yeah, versus Ray Ripley and the number six in the women's match. You're already at your five. If you add one more that I'm probably forgetting that's pretty bait. And I've not added Johnny Gargano or Finn Balor. Assumably they'll be on it in some way. So it's not going to be another women's match. I would assume. Uh, but that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, they did hype that uh, three things for next week. Uh, the next North American Championship qualifier will be Kushida versus Cameron Grimes versus third mystery entrant. New number who dis? <laughs> Who's it going to be? I, I don't know. <laughs> that answers that. In my head I was like, elaborate. No, not really. <laughs> There's nothing more to say. Uh, so, uh, good one, Bane. But yes, I am... Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying the triple threat matches, and he got two lightweights in Kushida and Grimes. Does the third man be a big man? Good English there. Is the third will the third man be a big man to destroy the two cruiserweights if Grimes counts as a cruiserweight? Because yeah, he wrestled in the X division in uh, TNA slash Impact slash GFW. <laughs> he was in that era. Um, when he wrestled there, he was in the X division, uh, and when he wrestled in PWG, he would always be introduced as Impact Wrestling Superstar to get booze. <laughs> I thought it was a, a, a genius idea at the time. Um, but anyway, tangenting back, putting myself back in. <laughs> um, do they go with the big guy or do they go with somebody who can match them in that kind of feel? Um, there's the lighter guys doing uh, the jumpy stuff. <laughs> Cruiserweight action, as I describe it. Uh, either way, I've been really enjoying this triple threat. So whoever the third man is, because I'm enjoying the matches so much, Perfectly down for it, whoever it is. Excited to see the next one. And of course, we get a bonus in the uh, non-losers uh, triple threat being added. So we've got two more people left where we don't know who we... We've got two more people left, uh, including ne this one next week and then the other one. And then we've got the surprise additional. So we've got three more triple threats to go. Cool. Then, also, we've got Damien Priest versus Bronson Reed confirmed. So that's great. And also Karrion Cross versus Danny Birch. Danny Birch looking for retribution, which he's not going to get after being choked out by Karrion Cross. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, a nice show building there. This week, you got one side built up with a lot of stuff, and next week, you get the other. Wouldn't be surprised if we get an Io Shirai match as well, because this week, we've got Dakota Kai, we've got the number one contenders match. Kind of like how we got Keith Lee this week, and then next week, we get Karrion Cross. There's little. And then the week before that, we also got. I think we've got Keith Lee kind of commanding the ring, and the week before that was Cone Cross commanding the wing, ring. I like the kind of each week it's the other person getting their moment to shine. Uh, no, which means that neither it's not 50 50 bucking, because of course neither man's, both men are continuing to build, but the other guy is the focus, gets more like the heavier focus each and every week. And I really like that rotation and flow, kind of keeps it fresh, Get, gets you uh, looking forward to what the. Uh, other guys going to respond with the next week after. It's a very smart idea. Anyway, 45 or so minutes in for an NXT review is about standard. And I've gone through all of my notes, uh, which is great to say after Raw and my, like, I've got half the word count tonight. <laughs> like, Raw is about, I was, I was close to like 3,000 words for my Raw review. It's just so much to talk about with like Raw Underground and all that nonsense. Uh, but watching NXT, like, I put a tweet out as soon as I finished. 
uh, at the Diamond Cat. Uh, I just enjoyed watching NXT so much. The show is just such is such a joy to recap this for lots of page slash wrestling headlines every week. Uh, it's really not. I really enjoy covering this show. Yeah, I reckon if I was covering AEW, I'd be saying the same thing. But Jamal and Jeff have already got that covered, <laughs> so uh, that would have gone live hopefully during. Sorry, last night. I've not checked. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for the uh, five stars, <laughs> and the, uh, the likes and the subscribes and uh, whatever. There's a bell. <laughs> Can you tell I'm still getting in on this YouTube thing? <laughs> Going live on it. Uh, anyway, I will be back on Tuesday for the Raw review. Just, just picturing in my head when I'm doing stuff. It's getting to August, which means there's SummerSlam things kicking in. So I need to remember if what's going on. <laughs> what I'm definitely doing is definitely all for the uh, recap shows. Uh, anyway, so I will be back on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review. I don't currently do SmackDown. Again, lockdown situation. Can't do Saturdays at the moment. But uh, maybe one day and maybe I'll get some other sucker to cover that show. <laughs> yeah, do you want to stay up late on a Friday or stay during your Saturday watch this Smackdown show which I personally am not covering because uh, when, the phrase when there's a will there's a way which proves there isn't a will <laughs> there isn't the will <laughs> to do the Smackdown show uh, maybe when situations change anyway so uh, live after you to check out our other LOP radio shows uh, live after the AW Dynamite as I just said was Dynamite After Dark with Jamon and Jeff which goes live normally not long after the show has aired uh, Fridays is Miss Fan and Mystic with the WWF the Legacy Series an unabridged look over the history of the now WWE with the journey of the WWF cannot recommend that show enough uh, so, I was about to say something for Saturdays but that's not yeah, uh, starting uh, hopefully this Monday will be the Maple Leaf Wrestling History. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Canada's in the title, it's not. It's a WWF Legacy-esque, incredibly highly researched, in uh, incredibly highly edited, well-produced uh, content. <laughs> That's really valuable. Uh, a new show coming to LP Radio about the history of Canadian wrestling, uh, going deep diving into that, and it's uh, incredibly well-researched. So that will be... Uh, debuting on Monday exclusively as a podcast. So if you want to go over to LP Radio's uh, thing on Red Circle, also it's wherever you get your things like Spotify and uh, iTunes and all of that jazz. Uh, and uh, Tuesdays we've got Kingdom of Honor currently going back, uh, currently go covering New Japan for wrestling exclusively at the moment. Uh, assumably when New Japan die off, they'll switch topics. But currently, want to get your New Japan st podcasts? Kingdom of Honor is your place to go to right now. And also there's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast and Quick and Painless. And the Doc is back uh, on Laws of Pain with his uh, WrestleMania uh, 2.0 series as well. This week with special guest Rich Latter. So, yeah. That's a link because Latter's been doing stuff with Swerve and Swerve was mentioned on the show. So there you go. NXT link. I'm, a, I'm allowed to plug <laughs> that. Uh, anyway, uh, after starting off with a crappy joke which I also said incorrectly <laughs> and going on in a similar form for 45 minutes... Uh, thank you for listening. I'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, and with that, I end the show with my normal NXT outro. That's that. Toodle pip. <laughs> Toodle pip. Right, adios. Ten.